Exploring the natural world, one podcast episode at a time. This is For What It's Earth. Hi all, and thank you for joining me for another episode of For What It's Earth by me, Marissa, of the Art of Ecology. Here, nature enthusiasts, animal lovers, and eco-warriors can discover and explore so many facets of the environment that we all love and some creative ways to make a positive difference for the planet. This week, as birds finish up their fall migration and we start to see a new set of birds at our feeders, I wanted to share a bit about how our feathered friends even survive these cold winters. We, for the most part, typically think of birds as migrating south for the winter. And to be honest, I really wish that I could do that too. But obviously, some birds do stick around and others migrate from much farther up north in the Arctic Circle down to Pennsylvania and the surrounding areas. So let's quickly just take a look at what triggers migration overall. Now, if you listen to my previous episode about bird migration, you'll know that access to food resources is what triggers migration as opposed to simply just temperature change. As food becomes scarce, birds need to fly to areas where they know that they will have stable access to food. And while yes, this can be related to temperature changes as the temperature gets colder and the days get shorter, plants won't be able to produce and grow as well. So yeah, temperature definitely has something to do with it, but the main trigger is access to food. Now, while there are plenty of seeds and old fruits left on trees here in Pennsylvania throughout the winter, and the birds are coming here from a place that is way colder, or so we would think, or they're just sticking around despite the temperature change, it can get really cold here in the winter. I have personally experienced dips down to negative five degrees Fahrenheit, which is negative 20 degrees Celsius. That's bitter. That is nippy and chilly. And if you are of the unfortunate experience that you have to be outside during that time, it hurts. It physically hurts to be outside. Usually though, for the most part, it's more standard to have temperatures in the tens to twenties or negative six or negative 12 degrees Celsius. That's still way below the freezing point. So how do birds, these tiny itty bitty little creatures with hardly any meat or fat on their hollow bones with these lightweight little bodies that get swept around by the wind, how do they survive? I mean, I can hardly survive, and I definitely have more fat on my bones than a little white-throated sparrow does. Fortunately for the birds, they have many adaptations to the cold that allow them to stick around and they don't care so much about the temperature change. They don't get as feisty as I do when the temperature dips down real low. Overall, Birds are going to adapt in many ways that are kind of similar to how humans adapt. 
as much as I complain about the temperature change and don't enjoy the cold weather, my body does adapt. And obviously, I've been around the world now, and I'm still alive. So clearly, I do adapt. First, birds are going to be eating yummier foods and transition their diets, just like humans do. I mean, how many holiday goodies start once Thanksgiving rolls around and we can we just continue. We have that Thanksgiving feast and then we continue to eat chocolates, holiday cookies, cakes, and just all sorts of other carby goodness well into the start of January. Our diets transition. Birds change their clothes. Well, and they're not changing their clothes as much as their feathers are going to be changing. They leave their breeding feathers behind, they molt them off, and then they get winter plumage. This helps to protect them more from predators as their colors might be less vibrant and stand out, but they also are going to do something a little special with their feathers too, which we'll talk about in a little bit. We do, as humans, we change our clothes though. No, we don't have feathers that we need to change, but I brought down my winter box of clothes recently, which had all my big poofy sweaters as opposed to the little lightweight things for the spring. I brought down my big fluffy LL Bean jacket and my husband's Carhartt as compared to the little lightweight windbreakers or just not needing jackets at all. I have my snow pants down. I have my fuzzy fleece-lined leggings as compared to my shorts and my tank tops. So we change what we wear to adapt. Also, birds stay out of the wind, cuddle and stay inside, just like many of us want to do. And no, birds aren't literally coming inside of our houses, but they do stay in nests that are built and in areas that are protected against the wind. For humans, we say that, oh, it's winter, we're going to stay inside more where we have heaters or blankets. And while this comes with a cost, a lot of times we lack the vitamin D that's needed to keep our mental health as well and healthy as we possibly can be, but we're warm which is good. We snuggle more. We have hot cocoa instead of lemonade. So birds and us, we both adapt. Now let's take a deeper look into how and why birds are going to be changing their diets. We have songbirds, such as chickadees or tufted titmice and sparrows that will eat insects in the spring, summer, and fall, or any time after the spring insect emergence occurs. So in the spring, we have all these birds that are migrating back, are starting to look for mates or start breeding, and all of the insects are going to be hatching out of eggs or coming out of hibernation that they did over the winter. When the insects die off or go into dormancy. Now these birds still need to eat. So they are going to now change their diet and eat more seeds. 
overall, this works out nutritionally for the birds as well. In the spring, when they're looking to breed, they're looking to lay eggs, these insects that have emerged, think of all those shells, all the meat, this is another little life form, they are very high in protein. And protein is perfect for babies that are growing and developing and need to get big and strong. Now, you know, spring, summer, fall has happened, we're into winter. Those insects have gone dormant, they've started hibernating. They're not out and about, but the bird still needs to eat. Well, once winter rolls around, they don't need to get big and strong anymore. They don't need to compete for territory or compete for mates or, you know, work on getting from a tiny little baby bird to a big adult. They don't have to worry about that anymore. Now they need to worry about staying warm. And honestly, what better way to stay warm than to put on a layer of insulation Eating seeds that are high in oils and fats provides them with burnable energy to stay warm. They can get these seeds from all sorts of plants. I mean, think about it. In the winter, that's what we see the most on plants. We see the old dried brown seed heads and the birds enjoy all of those. By eating seeds from plants such as old goldenrods, asters, and old sunflowers, any other desiccated flower head, or from trees such as conifers, like the pine cones that hold the seeds, or spruce cones, or they can eat old fruits from trees such as sumacs or crab apples that hold on to their fruit well into the winter months they'll be able to get the nutrition that they need to stay warm, to bulk up on their layer of fat, and they'll be good to go. But it doesn't hurt to give them a couple snackies here and there. By visiting feeders that we set out for them, they can also be gaining extra lipids and fats and oils from the seeds, such as black oil sunflower, standard sunflower, peanut, uh, cracked corn, millet, things like that. Another method of staying warm, aside from transitioning their diets, is to just puff, puff up. Now humans have that ability to put on base layers, hoodies, thermal jackets, scarves, mittens, hats, all sorts of things. And birds will fluff up their own downy feathers, so it's kind of like they're putting on another layer. This allows the birds to stay insulated and to keep warm air trapped against their little tiny bodies. Have you ever watched birds in the winter and thought, wow, they are looking especially chonky? Not only can this be because they're literally chonky and they're eating tons of carbs and fats. I mean, think of what that would do to us, my goodness. But they're also poofed up because their feathers literally are expanding, not in size, but they're lifting up a little bit to trap that air in between the feathers and the body. And now they look extra big. And that is a good thing to happen.
In the winter, we need this extra warmth. Birds need it too. Many bird species will also, aside from just chonking up their feathers and getting that, um, you know, you had your breeding plumage, now you have your winter plumage that poofs up real well and is a little soft. Birds will use their feathers to line their nests, whether it's in tree cavities or in a box that you've put up for them or in their own nests. They can use feathers that have molted or they'll sometimes pull out ones that are old and they will be able to snuggle as if it's a nice warm, soft blanket. In fact, if you ever get to see into one of these tree cavities or nest boxes, you can see that their whole family might be in there, all snuggling together to keep each other warm through body heat. For some birds, this alone, this snuggle business, might not be enough to keep them warm at night, especially if they don't live with their families. However, many birds have another method of staying warm or just surviving, and they simply cease to function. Birds such as chickadees can enter something called torpor, which is similar to hibernation, but extremely short. In true hibernation, an animal's body function practically ceases. Heart rate drops, metabolism completely disappears, blood rate drops, and they are fast asleep for months at a time. If they were to wake up in the middle of hibernation, this can actually really cause some problems as it does take a fair bit of energy to wake up and fall back asleep. So as this animal who hasn't eaten now for a really long time wakes up, they're using excess valuable energy. And if they wake up too much, can actually starve before the spring comes. In torpor though, the animal drastically slows down its bodily function, similar to hibernation, but it's very temporary. This can be for a mere couple of minutes in hummingbirds to a couple of hours or even a day until environmental conditions get better and the animal's like, hey, all right, we're good to go. Let's go find some seeds to eat. During the day, just like humans do, birds have to deal with the wind. In the winter, now without the tree canopies and other plants to kind of act as wind buffers, it can get really chilly and the wind chill creates this feels like temperature that may be lower than the actual air temperature. Research has shown that birds will actually try to avoid the wind by ceasing their flight and they'll hop around more so they're not up in the air and they'll move to either the protected sides of trees or buildings. So if the wind is blowing them all over the place, they'll simply move around to the other side. They'll get lower to the ground to be more protected and they'll stop flight for a little bit, just kind of chill there, sitting and waiting or pecking at seeds in a safe area. They will also use the cover of native trees and shrubs or old flower stalks to protect them and hide behind. So if you are looking to help these little guys out, I mean, honestly, they are, they are good to go. They know what they're doing. 
they're ready for the winter, even if I'm not. But they don't mind any extra help. There's a couple of ways that you can help make them happier and healthier and really encourage them not only to survive, but to thrive as well throughout the winter season. First, you can try to put up nest boxes to provide them with a home. Birds that are cavity dwellers really need those nest boxes to provide them with a cavity, especially if in your community there aren't many trees where you only have the occasional street tree. These nest boxes will really help them out. You can also put up a suet and black oil sunflower seed feeder to provide them with those yummy, fatty, fatty foods to help keep them warm. Now, if you can't get to a grocery store, you can't find a suet block, you can actually make your own. What you will need for this is melted fats, which can come from peanut butter, or if you're allergic to peanuts or tree nuts, you can substitute that with shortening. You can melt those fats down, and now that they're liquid, dump in all manner of seeds or dried cranberries or even mealworms inside of this fat base. Then you can let that melted mixture cool and solidify. You can tie a string around it or put it in a suet feeder, or before it solidifies, you can take a big fat chonky pine cone and coat that in that mixture that you made and hang the whole entire pine cone up for the birds to enjoy. Not only will you be feeding them those vital fats and some extra nutrients if you added the fruits or the mealworms, but you will also get to enjoy a wide variety of birds that you now get to watch come to your yard and community. You can also help them out in advance by planting native evergreen trees and shrubs, such as the American holly, eastern white pine, eastern red cedar, and these will all help as they're evergreens, they keep their foliage into the winter, that can help protect them from the wind. You can also plant things, again, like all of those plants that I just listed, as well as winterberry holly or viburnums. While the winterberry holly and viburnums do lose their leaves, these all also have seeds and berries that last well into the late season. So birds are going to be having access to the berries and the seeds that are on these plants. This helps ensure that even with their little bird adaptations to the cold, they still stay warm. For what it's earth, while the birds don't, again, necessarily need our extra help to survive the winter, they have so many adaptations on their own. They still do appreciate every bit of extra food and extra shelter that you can give them. If each person was to be able to put up a feeder, a nest box, plant some native evergreens in the fall or the spring, the birds this winter in your area would be so happy. So with that, thank you so much for digging deeper into the natural world with the Art of Ecology. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please support, review, and continue to follow along to explore more of the wonderful ecosystems that we are a part of.
For next week, I am very excited to announce that I will be joined by environmental educator and reptile breeder, Molly Bell, who will be talking with me about the amazing adaptations that another set of animals has. So we talked about bird adaptations to the winter this week. Next week, we will talk about the adaptations that frogs, snakes, salamanders, and many other reptiles and amphibians have to survive and make it through and over winter. Join us next week. For What It's Earth can be found on many podcast streaming platforms. For more tips and eco-inspiration, you can check out my blog at www.theartofecology.com. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at The Art of Ecology and continue to learn alongside. And with that, I will see you next time on For What It's Earth, again joined by Molly Val.